0: Secrets from a Coach, Thrive and Maximise Your Potential in the Evolving Workplace, your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Laura, you all right? Yeah, it's just you and me this week. I know, it's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So here we are, and the topic of our conversation on this episode is creating life-work balance. Now, tell me, Debs, why do you use it that way round rather than the more kind of standard work-life balance?
1: Yeah, and I've, I think it's a really worth thinking about, about it from the other angle because up until now, we've always had, you've got to be able to create that work-life balance. So work will come first, life comes second. Whereas actually what we've gone through in the last 16 months plus is now about creating that life-work balance. So if you put your life first, because that's the one you're going to live the longest at, and then you have your work to follow, it just puts it into, if you like, um, preference order, it just puts it into, this is the priority now, about looking after myself, my self-care, looking after my life first. So, and then what does that entail? So that I can live that compassionate existence where I have a a harmony with all of the things that make me a human. So not just work life, but actually the life and then the work and then whatever else might come with it. So flipping it around can make a massive
0: difference. Wow. And in fact, in in terms of the topic we're going to be having um, today about um, life-work balance is um, as part of our focus this month about the prioritising self-care, hasn't it been an eye-opener? Some of those polls that we've been running with our clients on the various wellness webinars. I wasn't expecting that, Deb. I I think you maybe were, but it was an eye-opener to me. So we've been running polls with probably overall, I don't know, 600,000 people over the last couple Weeks in variety of different industries, different professions, but predominantly office workers. So whether they're working hybrid, whether they're working remotely from various different sort of industries, etc. And uh, the poll question is: on a scale of one to ten, how much mindful focus have you put on managing your mindset this week? And it's an anonymous poll, so people tell it as there is, and it has been an eye opener. Pretty much every poll that we've run between 60 and 70% of people have replied back saying naught to 3. I haven't done much at all purposefully to look after my mindset. And it's been a real eye-opener. And then you can just see people's faces when they see, oh my God, you know, 70% of my peers have answered the same as me. It's a bit of an eye-opener and a bit of a shock for the HR teams as well, you know, with whom people might say health and well is really important, but their actual everyday, what they do and their behaviours can be a little bit different. So hence, we just thought, come on, let's focus on July. Self-care is a priority. And today's topic is in particular about that life-work balance.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the the polls that you've done have really woken people up to think more about the fact that actually my life is really important. And I think just that moment of, you know, 40 plus percent don't even think about it. You know, and I know there's a stat in the Mental Health Foundation survey that have said similar around, you know, more than 40 percent of employees are neglecting other aspects of their life because of work which may increase their vulnerability to mental health problems, which is is just madness because that leads to all sorts of other things around worrying about work, when you're supposed to be resting, thinking about all those emails that are coming in, you know, what if I don't get involved in that, if I miss that, if I don't go in the office, it just becomes this, you know, this huge swelling, if you like, of noise and distraction that takes away from your life. And it's a real eye opener. And I think it was so the right thing to do when we did those polls, law because it really woke people up to think, wow, what am I actually doing to
0: support my teams when I can? That's the other thing. Well, I mean, even the other day, I was then reading something about someone saying, oh, yeah, the benefits of remote working is, you know, I'm here at home and I can read my child a bedtime story. And I had this sudden shameful thing of, oh my gosh, when's the last time I read a bedtime story and thinking that's just been replaced with, oh, I'll do a quick bit of admin and then I can relax for the evening. But that admin is under the premise of I'll be able to relax more in the evening. But what am I, what's the benefit of that then if actually you're so fatigued by the time you get to the evening? You're not enjoying it anyway.
1: I was working with a client who was similar to that, was saying that they didn't have any boundaries set. And I know Lynn spoke about having, creating boundaries and everything else. And what they'd done is through lockdown, because they weren't physically going into work, had transported all of their work emails onto their personal phone. So what they were doing was every time the the message was constant on their personal mobile phone. And one of the things that we discussed was, well, what could you do differently to start to create that? And they agreed to go back to using their work phone. And they then shut it in their office at the end of the day so that it wasn't constantly looking at the screen, looking at the screen. And the funny thing is they're now saying, actually, I don't use my personal phone at all. Whereas up until before, they were using it all the time because it had all their work stuff coming through it. Now they've made the decision to break away from that and have their work phone and they've had their personal phone. They're finding the difference of having time with their children, you know, spending time with their other half, eating a meal through from start to finish without any interruptions has, has just transformed the way that they are as a family, which is just great.
0: But at the start, it seems like a convenient workaround. That's the thing, I think, about these kind of creeping habits is no one knowingly says i know i'm going to completely destroy any work life delineation and i'm just going to be fully on all the time what happens is you sort of think oh well i'll quickly do this and then before you then realize six months later <laughs> that's the new norm um so Lind, it's, it's, it's podcast um episode 33 back in april where well, there's some great tools and techniques she covers about negotiating those boundaries so for anyone for whom that's relevant we cover that in quite some detail then what in interests me Debs, is how do we get to this stage so just thinking real big picture about the role of work as we know our podcast is all about the evolving world of work well back in the 1900s you had to finish work when the sun went down if you were an office worker your work could, place could only be lit by individual candle maybe a few candles. You could not mass work when the sun had gone down because we didn't have mass electrification. Then we did, which then meant people could work beyond sundown. Lovely. So then we saw the working day increase even more and sort of, you know, cover over any kind of seasonal variations in sort of sunlight, you know, sunlight hours, et cetera. Then we had digitization. So that probably happened around late 90s, 2000. I think my first email at work was around about 1999, I think. And, I, you know, I had a real junior role at that point, but even I then started to get a work sort of email. Now, what that then meant is we could start to work beyond the office or shop or, or factory closing. And then now, of course, with our kind of intelligent ambient um, automation, all that intelligence that's whirring away in the background, we can work any any place, (laughs) anywhere. And in principle, that thing, oh, that's lovely to be so agile, but... If you look at mental health stats, it's making us all fragile because if there is no barrier now to working, which means, yes, I could take Fridays off and not think about work, but actually what seems to be the vast majority of us are then working on a Sunday, you know, to then buy back that Friday in our mind, depending on kind of what your individual drivers and the boundaries that you have. And if you work in a very fluid environment, there might not even be an authority figure that forces you to leave that place of work. Whereas maybe in more operational roles, if you're there, you're in work. And if you're not, you're not in work. But if your screen is your work vehicle, then actually, you know, that power never runs out. (laughs) It's constantly plugged in. It's
1: plugged in, isn't it? Whereas we're not. And I think, you know, I think that sort of resonates with some of the workshops we've been doing where you know we've offering out an open workshop come along find out about looking after your mental health and fitness and we find the majority of the people that are turning up on those workshops are frontline or they're middle managers and it's actually the people i believe in you know work the where are the senior leaders you know, why aren't they not on, on these workshops, you know, leading the way, showing the way that's important. You know, the client we were working with who actually did take the time, that was their, you know, their mantra was around actually this hour that I'm going to spend as the senior leader of this organisation is so important to me. That, that was just amazing to see. And I think that's where we need to be role modelling the way. To say, actually, no, I'm not going to be on 24 7, um, unless the building's burning, obviously, but I'm going to create that space. But actually, you know, for I think for colleagues or employees to feel it's okay to do that, then they need to see that being role modeled too.
0: Yes, and you got me thinking, actually. So in light of the World Health Organization uh, releasing some studies that um, long working hours is officially bad for your health, and it certainly impacts, let's say if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and you are push, push, pushing it, sustaining high levels of adrenaline-based work, that's not good for when you get to your 50s and your 60s. And wouldn't it be a shame if you spoil the retirement that you're working hard for by not having the health that, um, you know, you would hope to have because of the ways of sort of, um, you know, with working with that. So I think from a health perspective, I think it's always interesting we look at things through that. And I know in some of the big root cause analysis they've done in big kind of industrial disasters, they call it the leadership shadow, which is it may not have been written in the code of conduct, that this is what we do. But everything in that leadership language and in that leadership shadow, that's the term they called it, just casts this shadow over people as to, is it okay to say I'm out for lunch? Or do I have to pretend that I'm on a meeting? And that feeling of, is it okay to, it won't be written anywhere. It won't be in the recruitment interview. It won't be on any PDF glossy document or value statement on a Website, But it's just that shadow. And of course, that tends to get cast by the board. (laughs) What the board do tends to ripple out and create that shadow. So the benefit of that is there's an extraordinary opportunity to impact millions of people if some of those key influencers are able to role model sustainable ways of working.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And also, I think there is a bit of responsibility on us where, you know, we take personal responsibility as well for our life work balance. You know, what do we deem to be really important to us? You know, making sure that we've got um set the expectations and, you know, and if it is, as you say, reading your, you know, your child, that bedtime story, actually, that's 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 got to be kept to you. You can't just you know, move that around and go, oh, I'll do it at eight o'clock tonight. You know, your, your child needs that routine as well. And I think it's that, how do we work maybe smarter rather than not long? So work smart, not long. And that may be having a revisit of your routines and the way that you work, the way that you use your time, maybe. I think that's what we need to probably consider doing. And, and you're
0: responsible for you, really. And Debs, as they say, Best time to put in change is during times of change. Yeah. While everything is up in the air and, you know, in the state of flux, you know, now's the time to be thinking about this. I know we've said before, but I think from a kind of a working hours point of view and that life-work balance, I'm going to have to keep saying that because it's so ingrained to say work-life balance. It is, it's isn't spot it? on. Yeah. At what point, actually, did it become where everything was around work? Because it probably means you're less effective anyway, you know. Your work only works if you're okay, otherwise... Is all just something happening over there, you know, that you're not even sort of part of. Um, So there's something called the OODA Loop that we like, don't we? Good (laughs) old OODA Ooda Loop, Loop. (laughs) carousel of content coming (laughs) round. This is a new one for your listeners. Yep, designed (laughs) by um, Colonel John Boyd, I think it was in the 1950s. So it's a new one. (laughs) The oldies are the goldens, aren't oh, they? Absolutely. yeah, bring it on. But with a post-pandemic lens, I think you can sort of bring a bit of a, a fresh perspective to it. So OODA, what does OODA stand for? So the world of fighter jet pilot training. Of course, you and I are very familiar with this, Debs.
1: We are. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway. Top gun, wasn't that right?
0: <laughs> absolutely. So the OODA loop is what fighter jet pilots were trained to follow if their kind of planes were circling out of control it was a thinking tool to enable them to stay focused and the corporate world went mad for this you know kind of back in the day because if there are things that can help an army have a cognitive advantage over the enemy i.e if things are going a little bit peat tong they're able to hold their nerve then actually that might have some commercial advantage you know if actually the biggest asset in your organization are your people and the way in which your people think and communicate and make decisions is it's a you know it's a, a commercial um, advantage so OODA loop sort of became big so what does OODA stand for observe orientate decide if at the moment you're thinking oh everything's spiraling out of control and i'm too busy and i've got lots on and actually when i hear you say life work balance i roll my eyes because i think yeah okay i'll sort that out next year now might be time for an ooda which is just stop and the first thing a pilot is chained is, is before you do anything look out the window what are you actually seeing because if the mountain is in front of you you don't want to be going forward that's <laughs> the mountain is behind idea. you That's appropriate. So the first thing is to stop, look and listen, basically. Observe what's happening around you with reference to everything that's going on for you. Orientate. Is that what you want or what you don't want? So is that further away or towards the goals that you want? then what are the decisions that are in your gift to select from? And then the act is, which one are you going to enact? So what one are you going to take forward? But the magic in this is the fact is a loop. So the first time that you take an action is then immediately observe. What am I seeing now? Orientate. Is this better or worse than before? decide therefore what now is in my gift to then kind of play around with and then act and then etc cetera, etc cetera. and what it does is it for me anyway it converts anxious spiraling thoughts into productive problem solving about what might need to happen to be able to set up better rather than stitching myself up. Because I'm a bugger for people pleasing, Debs. I'll say yes to anything because it's exciting (laughs) and shiny and new. And actually that might serve no one particularly well. So things like the OODA loop are a great way for any overthinkers out there to be able to convert all that amazing brain energy into thinking about how you can actually, for example, create a better life-work balance for yourself.
1: That's where um, making sure you've got that leisure activity happening, or you're you know you're eating at a particular good time during the day, not eleven o'clock at night, and then going to bed. You know, it's all those things that sort of sleep and energy, and nutrition that can help us as well. So making sure we build that into part of our routine, if you like. When we've got you know twenty four hours in the day, how do we use them wisely? That's going to help us be at our best selves, but also look after our mental health and well-being, and create that element of fitness as well. And um, I think it's so important right now to put that emphasis back in on your life and then think about how work is not the be-all and end-all of it, it's just part of it.
0: Yeah, love it. And actually, you just talked about 24 hours. I remember um, someone saying with me once, and it really worked for me, in 24 hours, that's eight-hour work, eight-hour sleep, 8 hours hustle. So, that hustle is that bit that is that version of you that isn't just work, that isn't then, you know, the sleep bit, it's something that is you. It's that life affirming bit. And uh, if, like many, actually that eight hour hustle, whether that's leisure, hobby, caring, commuting, whatever that may be, cooking, whatever your thing is, if you have found that over the months, last couple of months, this sprint of change, which is now gone on to be a marathon, that as the marathon is then continuing, you've got more and more creep that's happening in that hustle bit, then could it be midway point of 2021, this is an ideal time to just look in the mirror and think, let me do an OODA. Is this working for me? If it is, great, let's continue. If it isn't, okay, what needs a rethink?
1: Actually taking that time to really assess where are you spending your time? I think is also a good one. So, if you can, you know, map out what am I doing in my day so you can actually see how much you know time you're spending in those different areas as well because I bet if you did it over, not just over a few days but if you did it over a month you'd be shocked probably at how much time you are either worrying about work thinking about work doing work answering emails at a stupid o'clock or whatever it might be um, and actually you'll, you'll probably see that you're spending less time doing the things that bring you joy and lift you up which is crazy right We all deserve to live
0: a great life. Debs, what a wonderful way to bring this to a close. So key messages from this episode then is is it's life-work balance. Love that. Let's start a movement. The second thing is taking time to think about how you are spending your time because life is so short. As I say on some of the sessions that we run, Debs, if we're lucky, we get 27,000 nightfall's. Who are we not to make this one count and to kind of wish it away and wait until, you know, another time that actually, you know, each day is is a gift. So therefore, you know, how do we kind of make sure that we're at least getting something that we want from it? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Absolutely. uh, Yeah, and the particular thing, you know, because previous generations could have been talking about this, but the new bit in particular is the ability to work agile can actually turn us fragile. There can be health implications if there is never not this feeling of being at work. And for anyone that is remote, hybrid, or even in an office, but you're the only one there because there's less people, then it can feel a little bit more full on because there's less people around almost to kind of um, dilute it. So um, as always, call to action, Devs. So with reference to creating life-work balance, what's the call to action for people this week?
1: So my call to action this week is to just practice saying life before work and what difference would it make to you by just using that language instead to be able to promote um, a good balance or harmony in your life and work um, so that you are you know you're maybe working smarter not longer um, and therefore looking after yourself and doing the things you want to be doing and not worrying about work but what you know looking forward to your life I think.
0: My share the secret would be think of someone in your life who's feeling a little bit under it at the moment, who is looking a bit frazzled, a bit overworked and uh, get them to listen to this as a reminder that they are in charge of their life. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They will... Always be work. The key is, is that you're all right in this because the key message that I think is really important to remind ourselves on, your work only works if you're okay. And actually part of the job now that the pandemic has kind of shown to us is that looking after yourself is part of the job it just maybe have been a little bit more subliminal or you know kind of naturally would have happened before but you know we're going through the mill of it so permission to look after yourself and rethink some of those things
1: put you at the heart of everything that you're doing is something that i've shared a couple of times this week you know making sure you're at the heart of everything so that's then because then you'll carry on beating right so beat with a gentle yeah. heart
0: Ah. So, Deb, look forward to our midnight catch-up. Only joking. (laughs) It's all about living your content.
1: (laughs) No emails for me then at 12 o'clock tonight, (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Love you lots, Law. Love you, Deb. See you. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram at secretsfromacoach.